Armored Bear Productions. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Out of Character, the Not Safe for Wizards Q&A talk show. everybody to conspiracy corner i mean uh, out of character uh this is gary your host and i'm here with greg who plays lilith uh welcome greg. hello gary how you been man i've been doing good yeah so have i uh this week's episode was a lot of fun for me to listen to i gotta say because um i am just excited about where the story's going and i have a lot of thoughts about what might be happening uh, yeah i enjoyed this episode and, and actually, I was really proud of you, especially, because the whole entire idea of going right in there and just reading everybody's thoughts, um, I thought was, was just a smart direction to go. You know, uh, I, I wanted to, to see you guys just play it cool, collected, and, you know, not kill anybody. So uh, congrats on making it out, you know, through an episode without killing anybody that you shouldn't have. Um, and reading the king's thoughts without setting him off, but uh, yeah, well, thank goodness orcs don't have like I didn't have to go into deep dives because every time I try to deep dive on somebody, which they have to roll a saving throw for, it never works out well. You know, I I I am not even sure how many times have you done that. How many times have you tried to read somebody and uh, they've figured it out on you? Uh. Once, I can't remember, I think it was uh, Je- Lady Jessup, but she didn't catch me. And then three or four times on Orion, when we were trying to figure out where he was going with things, but he caught me every time. Pete couldn't roll a saving throw to save his life except against me. He got every one of them. So, so the guy who gets traded on constantly just managed to save against you one after another. And you were trying to read Orion's thoughts. Like, you know, you don't go after player characters. What's wrong with you? Well, he was acting a little bit off, and everyone noticed. Mm-hmm. And there was that. Want... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, we were just trying to save him. We, we, we thought he was going someplace, or, and we were just hoping he was not a doppelganger. Right. Um, was this, this was before the incident in the sewers, though, right? Yes. And after the incident in the sewers, you didn't think to, uh, you know, check him again? Well, no, because he, when we went to go to the, the last time I did it, me and him were in the bar, and we were talking, and we had a heart-to-heart in the bar, and then I followed him to the abbey, and then Jade followed him, and then we were going downstairs, and that's when, oh, I can never remember, his um, mentor, when I read his thoughts, we found out he was controlled by the Ablis, and I attacked him because he was leading us someplace we didn't want to go. And after that, Pete had a, uh, Orion had a genuine, confused look, like, what did I almost do? This guy was controlled by somebody else. But Orion was actually, like, for a period during that battle in the sewer, taken over 
you know, and now he's split off from you guys, like talking about fishy stuff, you know. Yeah, but I snapped him out of the um control, the Amalith control, pretty quick. Yeah, but what if it's like alien and there's you know a little seed burrowing into his head, uh, just just growing little by little, you know. Well, I guess the next time we see him, now I'm gonna have to cut his head open and look inside. <laughs> well, you know, you, you can read his mind. You don't. You don't have to actually cut his head open. No, no, I can't read his mind. He always catches me. Well, you can still try to read his mind, and he tries to kill you. Then you know what's going on. I guess. I just think it's a little easier just to cut his head open than look. Well, yo, that's part of the reason why you won Murder Hobo of the Week this week. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not the reason why you won Murder Hobo of the Week this week. Uh, the reason is, I, I was so proud of you for, like, the great idea of getting out of the whole entire situation this week with, without, you know, uh, disturbing the king and not, you know, pressing your luck and whatnot. And then I was like, oh, uh, Chase is going to totally get it because... The whole entire idea of killing the king and taking the throne, but he managed to sidestep that with no problem. Like, oh man, they're just going to have like a great week. And then on the way to the uh, smithies, you're like, hey, let's just kill all of Starnass's competition. Well, you know, and like, wait, that's how you fly. So, you know, you definitely, uh, you definitely uh, lost my uh, confidence in in your ability to. Not just bloody up the whole entire situation right there. Well, I was going to try to kill his main competition that night when I was like, I think he wants to overthrow the king. And she was like, yeah, and I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to tell the king. <laughs> the king doesn't know that's not what he's thinking. Right, right. I mean, you know, you're the one reading everybody's thoughts, so you can pretty much say whatever you want as long as you make it sound convincing enough. Yeah. Just got to make up a good enough story. As long as everybody tells the same lie, it'll sound like the truth. Exactly. I'm pretty good at bluffing sometimes. <laughs> oh, well, you, you might be good at bluffing, but is Lilith good at bluffing? That's the real question. Lilith has bluffed a couple of times in our earlier adventures. When I fake the vision about the guy killing the family on the island. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that. And then we forced his hand and, we, you know, we're able to save the king. Yes, Well, yes. the new king, Prince right. of Time. You know, more deceit. That's the way to go. Maybe, maybe you should have been the rogue, not the cleric. Maybe. Well, I'm death cleric, so I'm kind of a rogue cleric. So. Uh, I have the loud, clanky, sneaky. The loud, clanky, sneaky. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that exists, actually. So it, it, I, I went for that because we we were trying to get him to confess or whatever we were trying to do, and I was like, "This is taking too long." I'm possessed by a spirit. You killed us. <laughs> you know, uh, you should just do that at, more often. Every time you feel like things are just taking so too long, uh, as long as it's not to the same people twice. Yeah, true. And, and eventually. Eventually, Jade's just going to start rolling her eyes, and it's like, oh, you got to kill more people. Look, we wanted to kill that guy anyway. He well, was a butthead. And killing buttheads is always fun. Yeah. I'm pretty Some sure Jade would probably say close to that just with a squeakier voice. Yeah. And see, I'm, I don't know. I'm in the firm believing that some people just need eating. <laughs> killing, boiling, and eating. Yep. Uh, make a good stew. So, so I want to get back to conspiracies, because we, we need to figure out, you know, 
who's doing all this? Like, I mean, I think it's the war makers behind everything. Yeah. I actually think that, you know, the Abolith was part of them and that they're, you know, Abolith was a actual, like, um, what's it called? Like a agent of the war makers, maybe, or maybe the other way around. Who knows? I, I think Abolith was an agent of the war makers, really. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, you guys are taking the very direct approach of, like, doppelgangers and, and people trying to take the throne or whatnot by getting the kings to retire and then pushing everybody into war. But what about, like, other people trying to sow discord amongst all the groups? Have, have you guys looked into that at all or thought about that at all? Um, I think that's our next step. Okay. We, we, we're going to hear about something? Well, we've got a little bit more work to do in the orc city okay and then we're going to reevaluate you know where we are because we're getting an awful lot of hooks out because we have the undead rising in uh oh i'm so terrible with names i really got to start taking notes uh is it gaul or yeah gaul the city we left orion in right and you know they're being nightly attacked by you know undead and they have the worst paladin in the land to protect them Uh, he can handle it hopefully yeah you know he's got it when, when well, you guys you know, return we, to Gaul, Orion will be like king of the little settlement, you know? Uh, he would have done such a good job that everybody will love him. True. Love the throne, followers, the whole well, entire he, town will be converted. He's kind of a follow me or, you know, he's very Sith that way. You're either with him or against him. Well, I mean, he's having kind of a, a change of heart, a, uh, a uh, real uh, conflict of uh, religion. Had, yeah, well, he's... He's really had the worst experience with religion so far, you know. He was turned into an abomination, which he swore to destroy, and then his mentor turned out to be mind-controlled by another abomination. It's really like Vixus is just out to get him. Yeah, I I agree. I I think he has the true tragedy story, you know? Yeah, I hope we can bring it full circle. Actually, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, we're going to, you know, we we got a little bit more campaigning to do with Solnask and get him elected to be the High King of the Orcs so that, you know, we need all the people in all the high places. How far are you willing to go to get him elected High King? Well, I know how far Lilith would be willing to go, but Lilith is still within the boundaries of the group, so not as far as Lilith would go. Uh-huh. Okay, so Lilith's going to play within boundaries because she's part of the group. Well, she respects the group, and, you know, as long as it's not something dead set against her, she's or dead set against her principles, you know, she'll go with the group's decision. Yeah, but, I mean, the group can be a pretty bloody group, you know? Oh, yeah, that's why she, you know, will side with the group. And it's not it's- like, you know, doing some defeat- deceitful shit, you know, isn't past the group either, so... Well, yeah, we just, you know. Uh, yeah, you could fix an election, uh, bribe some people, exactly. uh, break some knees. No, no, no violence. That always comes back, you know. Bribery. But I, I think Skullnath, after his speech, is probably the front runner. Well, I haven't heard the speech yet. That's next week. Oh, no, I'm just, we're, we'll do our campaigning and make sure he's going to get elected. Or our okay. best to get him elected. And we don't want to make enemies of someone that might defeat him and then we can't go back to the skull or the orc kingdom and then skull math may have repercussions also that's a good point you know diplomacy uh 
is important and not exactly always your guys' best suit. So, yeah, well, um, as long as you look at the fact that your actions are going to have consequences far on, and you don't want to inadvertently cause a friend hardship because you did something that didn't work. So, um, there, there's a point that I haven't quite figured out, and that is like, why don't we want war between the orcs and the elves? No profit in it. Well, I mean, there's always profit in war. Ooh, maybe yeah, I shouldn't but... say that one. People are anti-war right now. Yeah, you might get us a red flag. I just think that, I think as a group, we always look at the underdogs in the situation and side with them. And to go back to the original game, when we used to play 4E, we were the same way. We would always go to people that were we were supposed to fight with and befriend the people we were supposed to fight with and then have problems with the people that we should have, you know, been more comfortable with, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, war with the, between the elves and the orcs wouldn't be good for the orcs. Okay. It wouldn't be good for the elves, but I feel the elves would win, and that would just be undue hardship on the orcs, plus the smaller villages in the area would suffer because of, you know, you'd have this band raiding the village and then this band raiding the village. When the Village had nothing to do with it, you know, and no one has the right. I would say if it is the war makers, they don't have the right to inflict their suffering on the innocent. Okay, that's a good point. And I mean, the war makers want war. You guys clearly have two party members who hate the war makers, so uh, probably we're going to we're going to give them war. <laughs> well, the, I don't know if the war makers want war on their own. It seems like they want to start wars between other people. Yes, yes, but they they, they picked a fight with the wrong group of people. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. I uh, can't wait to throw a halfling through one of them. A halfling holding a crowbar in one hand and a dagger in the other? Yes. <laughs> Have you thought about reaching out to the elves and trying to do some diplomacy on that side? I think that's going to have to be part of the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to assume that it, you know, it, obviously they have agents among them. Or it would be logical there would be agents amongst the elves pushing them to skirmish with the orcs. I think the key is figuring out if it's just like agents in these border patrols that are skirmishing, or is it a larger group in like a higher, like, rank, like, you know, in the courts or something that's causing the um, problems. Right. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think, in my personal review, it, it's one big game of uh, Five Degrees of Kevin Bacon. True. So, so there's, you know, there's, there's whispers deep, deep, deep down inside each of these factions. One, you know, on the elf side and on the work side, and maybe even, you know, in the human side, uh, that's whispering in the ears of people and, you know, guiding them all the way down through uh, causing turmoil and starting up, you know, uh, all the problems and just trying to sow discord all the way through. And then some key people are having, are being mind controlled or doppelgangers or who knows what, but it's yeah. one big conspiracy going on. Everybody's out to get you guys. Bring them on. So, so, you know, you just got to read everybody's mind, one after another. Yeah. Don't, don't let any stone go on turn. Suspect everyone. Yeah, I just find it easy to hit him with a hammer. Oh, right. So, 
So what I would say is that, you know, you, you shouldn't trust anybody at all. Everybody who comes your way, you, you should be, uh, un, you should be doubting because, you know, there are people around every corner who are, are whispering inside people's ears, uh, trying to, you know, sow discord and start the conflicts going. And, you know, they could be five degrees off, you know, just propagating the message all the way down and uh, causing a, uh, causing this. And then there might be people, doppelgangers or mind controlling at a much closer level on top of that, you know? It's a complex web. I, I don't trust anybody. Yeah. Like, I have my questions about the new king. And the queen. Right. Not enough to voice them, but she seems pretty, you know, sharp for a girl from a country town. <laughs> and she's made and such good friends that, with Jade. Yeah, and I don't trust all that, like, you know, quiet bookworm stuff. I don't know. I don't trust a person that doesn't act how a person should act. And have you noticed that she's not always there when you might expect her to be there? Or when she should be there, as, you know, appearances dictate? Yeah, exactly. Where is she? Yeah. Who, she's meet- who is she meeting with? What Apparently is she doing? Reading, reading books. That's a likely story. Maybe passing <laughs> messages inside those books. Think about it. She could write a little note, put it in the book, put it back on the shelf. Somebody else comes and back bam. later and picks up the book. And bam, we're at war with the orcs. Exactly. Come on. And then what about the uh, lady that uh, Orion was talking behind your guys' backs with? Oh, Lady Jessup. Lady Jessup. She's bad. Yeah, but she helped us. She helped us against the war makers. Mm, did she really? Or did it just seem that way? Maybe. You're right. See? You I'm along for the ride, Gary. What if what if Orion's bad? And, you know, him and her are just playing it off on you guys. Maybe, um, but I, I feel my character's more of a hammer, so I always look for nails. I know you mentioned it in this episode, and every every fourth episode you mention it. <laughs> I just kind of like hitting nails. <laughs> just like hitting nails. That's the way it goes. What I'm good at. So I have Armist an entry stuff. That's Chase's department. That's Chase's um. No, you can't leave department. it up to you can't leave it up to Chase. You know, every everybody got has to get in the conspiracy on this one. It's too big of a web. The way I see it is everybody has to get in. Everybody has to be suspicious. Everybody has to keep on looking and keep on snooping. And keep on digging and be untrustful of each other. And on top of that, I have one more big conspiracy that I think is going to come about. Yeah. I, I think Lilith is going to marry an orc. Is it going to be the former king or the next king? Yeah, well, it, it might be, it might be Skullnath, but it ain't going to be the, um, I want the, I, I want the, uh, half work that looks like Fabio. The half orc that looks like Fabio. There we go. So, so that's it. Like, I didn't even have to like convince you of this one. You're, you're already jumping on Scar Nass. Oh, I was jumping on Scar Nass back when I spent the week with the orcs. Oh, I, I thought that was just a joke. 
Oh, no. That's why I went there. So, so just start planning the wedding already? Uh, honeymoon in the, uh, in the undead kingdom? Uh, well, I don't know if we want to go that far. Oh, really? <laughs> what, what about um, a tour of the Elf Kingdom? You, you guys can be uh, on a diplomatic mission slash honeymoon. Well, no, because Skullnath has to. Well, Skullnath has this other kick he likes. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure you can uh, murder Hobo her way to the next plane. Just, you know, take yeah, her out true. of the, the picture. Help console a uh, grieving friend back to, you know, a good, healthy relationship. Yeah, but, you know, I think everybody would be upset if I were to do that. Well, you know, what what they don't know doesn't hurt you or you or Scarlett. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, you and uh, Lilith and Scarlett maybe getting together and how many people you might have to eliminate in order to get there. Well, that... You seem to be shipping us hard. Well, you know, I mean, I'm stuck in a basement in Pittsburgh, so uh, I, I have to figure out some way to, you know, live out, live vicariously through somebody else. It, it might as well be uh, in your campaign. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I was thinking maybe I'm the voice inside the dark whispering in everybody's ear. That would be an interesting character to play. It would, wouldn't it? I'm the demon that's going to make everything bad happen. Make uh, I, I'd love to be a crossroads demon, just making deals with people and manipulating situ- situation. I believe that would be an awesome D and D character. Except for uh, having to play the constraints might be a little bit difficult at times. But yeah, yeah it would be fun for sure. Um, or be like the. Guy from Needful Things. Needful Things. Let me think about that one. Uh, There's an old Stephen King book that began the movie with Harris. Yes, I remember it now. I was actually, I was thinking of, uh, I hate to admit that I was thinking of this because I stopped watching the show a long time ago, but uh, Crawley from Supernatural. Oh, yeah. Well, when you say Crossroads Demon, I immediately went to that. Yeah. Uh, I loved his character. Uh, but uh, after they uh, introduced angels, the show just got a little bit too much for me. So I don't. I I, I didn't watch it for a long time, and then we caught up, and then it. Mine was the Men of Letters from Europe. Men of Letters from Europe. Uh oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, okay, I do remember that. I I, I watched part of that. My yeah. Was really watching the show still, so um, yeah, I, I caught some well, of once, that. Once they introduced them, I was done. I really believe Supernatural should have ended when Sam sacrificed himself for Dean to have a happy life. Right. I mean, why can't we just kill people off every now and then? Sometimes people right. just need to die. But that should have been the end of the show. Right. I agree. And here we are seven seasons later. Is it that many seasons? Oh, whoa. Like, I I see it scroll by on uh, Prime all the time, and I'm like, nope. Goodbye. Yeah, I think they're on, like, season 13 or 14. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Season 16. 
16 years of that show. You can only do, you know, Monster of the Week for so long. But, I mean, it's still okay. Um, some of their Halloween specials were good. They did one in black and white with the guy was turning into Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah? That was good. How and old are they getting? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just so long you can play, you know. But I, I guess they're aging how they should age. But the Scooby-Doo crossover was amazing. Well, who doesn't like Scooby-Doo? Yeah. You know, it, it was... If you get a chance, you should really watch that one. I'll have to go back and find it one day. Okay, back, back to the episode. Uh, yes. No getting off topic tonight. We're going to be serious about this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So... Uh, Nice little visit to Weaponsmith. Uh, of course, Jade and Chase want their cool weapons. Uh, I, I think it's always fun to see them, you know, going for the absolute cool shit. What would you want? You know, as a cleric, I know you're joking around a shield that, you know, spits out flaming skulls and stuff like that. But, but in truth, you know, what would be your chosen weapon? I would like to add impact oil to the end of my hammer. Okay. So that way, as you uh, hit something like, you know, almost like an exploding hammer? Yes. Okay. I mean, you could probably do it as, like, an enchantment, too. So it's just a magical hammer that uh, does, like, a exp- uh, concussive explosion on, on hit. Yeah. Um, or have one side that puts out um, rusting oil, and then the other side does impact oil. And you just alternate side to side as you hit things. So what was the first side? Uh, rust, uh, like the blood of a rust monster. Okay. And then the other side's the impact oil. So, you know, you, you hit their armor and weaken it, and then you blow them up. <laughs> get right through armor, start deteriorating their AC. Whether or not you get through their AC, you deteriorate it. That'd be a pretty cool thing. Exactly. Eventually, they're just standing there with no armor and no AC. Yeah, yeah. Only works if they're actually wearing, you know, metal armor, though. Uh, okay, metal armor is what you have to get through. Everything else is pliable. Leather's uh-huh. only as protective as you know. Leather's protective against sharp things that are slashing at you. Right, blunt right. objects slamming into you. Well, in D and D, it's all AC, but but I get what you're saying. I, I agree. Um, I think that would be a pretty cool weapon, though. You know, having having the dual action with it and being able to uh, take down somebody's AC, regardless of whether or not you actually hit, uh, might be a cool side effect. Um, and you just have to choose which one you're doing, so that way, you know, you're either giving them a debuff on AC or you're, uh, you know, hitting with the explosive shock. And uh, with the explosive shock, maybe you could do like some type of area effect. So you hit everything around it, too. Yeah. And see, my, my ultimate thing would be an actual spider monkey. Always with the spider monkey with you. Well, because, you know, I just, I'm a necromancer, so <laughs> I, I don't want a drider. I want the next best thing to a drider, like a drider-sized chimpanzee or a chimpanzee-sized drider. 
or an actual spider monkey that's half spider would be just amazing. Would he ride on your shoulder as you go from place to place, or? Uh... Yeah, I could send him to do things. Would would you would you have like a you know little box with the handle on it that you rotate around and you know plays music? No, he's not one of those monkeys. <laughs> Come on, Wait, stereotype, Gary. Me stereotype. What about you and your orc comment? What? What orc comment? What? This doesn't seem like the type of civilization that they might be able to build on their own. No, I said it would be. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying when they live in caves and stuff, and all of a sudden they're building cities. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but, you know, you called me out on my phone, and I'm going to call you out on yours. We're all a little, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it's a fantasy world. I know, I know. I, 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 I know you were trying to get at that maybe an uh, alternate force was uh, moving them along a little bit quicker than they should have been moved along. And maybe there's something else being at play there. And this is part of the reason. Everything that was said all episode, I was like, conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. And and maybe, you know, it's just me reading more into things than I should be. I like to do that. But I feel like if, if you're always looking under the rock, eventually you're going to find something. True. Or things will fit that make you think you found something. Yeah, or the DM will just be like, oh, shit, I like that. Yeah, let's make that canon. <laughs> True. Um, I remember once uh, in a game, uh, the the party that I was running for had fought a mimic uh, like a couple battles before. And so they were exploring this house and they... Uh, see a bed. And the guy's like, oh, I poked the bed to check to see if it's a mimic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is a mimic. Just because, like, they were, they had been pissing me off that day. They were, like, taking a sweet time exploring this house that was supposed to be, like, a ten-minute journey. And I think they had been in it for an hour. And I was just sick of waiting for them to get through it. So I was like, okay, fine, you're fighting a mimic. Go for yeah. it. Like, really, there's nothing in this house. Stop searching everything. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I just needed a way to throw XP at them at that point. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a group that plays D&D at the gaming store that we used to play X-Wing at before the, the whole coof. And there was games where the lady that was DMing for them, I think, had the exact same. Because I would eavesdrop, not eavesdrop, but listen to the game. If I wasn't playing somebody, because sometimes we had odd numbers, and she would just be like, okay, okay, okay. Well, two orcs just bust through the door. They're like, well, where did they come from? She's like, they just showed up. I don't know. They, they, they were around the corner, and they heard it, you know? But I had a 52 yeah. on my stealth check. Yeah, well, yeah. they had really good hearing. Yeah, exactly. 
And I mean, uh, they, they would, she would have games almost as big as some of our old 4E games. There'd be eight or nine people playing. Oh, those games are so hard to, like, stay in. Like, just yeah, the amount like, of time waiting. Yay, we're having combat. Yay, we're having combat. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, take a crap. Uh, I'll probably be back before it gets back to me. Here. Okay, well, I attack. I'm going to run over to Publix and get a sub. I'll be right back. And still have two people to go before I attack again. Uh, you know, as somebody who owned a game store, I always like to shout out to our uh, friendly local game store. Uh, what store was it? Uh, cool stuff. Oh, okay. Cool stuff games. Yeah. Fun place. There's so many good yeah. stores near you, so. Yeah, because we have um, Cool Stuff. Um, Adventure Game Store has um, yep. really good people running it. I really like them. Yeah, and, um, oh, hey, want to play? Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. We're trying to get them to see if maybe he'll give us a night to come in and play because he's the only one that's doing people inside the store. Oh, risky times. But, uh, you know, got to play your games. Uh, I, look, I, I, I try my best to, yeah, I wear my mask, but I don't know. Eventually, we need to be around people. Uh, one of my good friends actually is playing Magic uh, there every Friday night, so uh, I do know how it goes. It's it's crazy right now. So, uh, Oh, it is. It's ridiculous the way everything is, and it's like, you know, I, I didn't realize because I think I was getting a little bit bored with X-Wing just because it just seemed the way they changed around the rules, but it, it, it's amazing how much I miss it now. How did they change the rules? Because I, I, I think it's been, what, three or four years since I played X-Wing. Um, well, they completely got rid of first edition and started second edition. And, like, and completely changed the rules from, from one edition to the next? Yeah, they really did. They changed a lot of the cards. They changed um, – now they do points increase twice a year. Mm-hmm. They have hyperspace, which is the stuff that's only legal for, like, sanctioned events. And then you have um, extended play, which is all your ship. So it sounds like they, they changed say, the content, though, not the rules. Yeah, but some of the rules changed around, too. Because, like, they'll look at tournaments and see ships that are, like, or squadrons that are flying well. And in a points increase, they'll either take some of those ships out of hyperspace or they'll reprice everything to make it absurdly that you can't fly that list anymore. You see, but th- that's not rules. That's content. They're, they're, oh. they're, they're doing sizing adjustment. They're not actually changing how the play happens. They're just changing the spec, you know. Um, it, it's I like, guess, yeah, I guess I would. It's like changing what set of ships you can play with, and and the difficulty level, you know, is what they're doing. Yeah. Okay, so it's not really, yeah, it's not the, but they did change some of the actual like interactions. Okay, yeah, like how things interact. They changed some, of, but I will say the one thing they did do that was when they switched over. And because they changed all the pilots and everything and a lot of the, like, the way that they did your skill levels and stuff. But you were able to buy conversion kits for all your old ships 
instead of having to buy brand new ships. Okay. Oh, that's nice. So, so, so it's like the same ships, but with different stats and different cards. Yeah, you get all, um, well, you've played, so you know you have the little pilot cards. You right. got all new pilot cards and all new cardboard for the okay. ship. Oh, that's great. So that you can, you can fly it in second edition without having to buy a whole new ship. Okay, and and it was a lot cheaper to buy the new cards and cardboard than it was to buy the whole ship. Oh yeah, it was like thirty dollars for a conversion kit, opposed to you know. Right. I mean, that game was the not cheap. <laughs> yeah, the shelves next to me. I can't tell her how much it would cost to replace all the ships. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember spending quite a bit on my tiny fleet. So. Yeah, it's, my my friend Chris accidentally added up how much he spent, and looks huh. like I can never let anybody know what I spent. Like that meme. Yeah. yeah. Don't, somebody made a meme that said, "You know, your, your worst fear is dying, and your wife selling your X-wing stuff for no, what you no, told no. you paid for it." Well, there's so many there's so many stories that I used to get of like people going off to college and their parents selling off their comic book or. Uh, magic collections um yeah and and like because uh, as a store owner people would come into my store and be like oh man i gotta replace like all my legacy stuff and i'd be like like your twisties and they're like yeah they, my mom sold you know sold off or gave away or threw out all my twisties and i'm like oh my god no and uh it, it's just crazy how how bad uh that can be you know? Yeah. Well, Noah's clutching on to, um, we, we had a friend gave Noah, he had a friend that had a comic book store that went out of business and he gave Noah all the Pokemon cards. <laughs> and I literally mean all the Pokemon cards. So, so Pokemon's a weird one because their rotation cycle is heavy, but the first editions are worth so much. So, well, it's I, I put them all in sleeves or not sleeves. I bought um, binder sleeves for them, and I went through. So there's nine hundred, yeah, because it's nine, then it's a hundred, so it's nine hundred cards per box. I went through three boxes of binder sleeves. Yeah, and then he's got other ones that were already in binders that were like the first edition hologram cards. I'm like, look, son, you you need to go sell some of this to buy us some X-wing stuff. <laughs> well, as I said, Pokemon's a real iffy, uh, iffy place to try to get money for cards, depending on what set they are and whatnot. And the other hard part about Pokemon is knowing what set it's... Well, actually, I think that there's a good indicator on, on the card of what set it came from. But then there's, like, whether or not it's oil or... Uh, oh, yeah, I was looking... Cool there's, like, three different types of foils. Yeah, you can look this stuff up, and it's like, oh, God, I have no clue how, how much any of this is worth. Yeah. So and he been, won't sell it anyway. It's been a long time since I looked at any of that. It's just been way too much. So, so well, let's... My friend, Manny, my friend okay. Manny wanted to get into um, Legion, which is the another Star Wars game you play with miniatures. I, I've seen and, Legion. Yeah. So he bought two core sets and all the expansions, and he sold... Two magic cards. <laughs> uh, two magic cards for like seven hundred dollars worth of store credit. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that that's definitely possible. I was like, wow. Okay. Back to... Um, well, yeah, Le- Legacy Staples will definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, back back to the episode. So you guys teleported in, uh, talked to the king. You feel pretty comfortable with the king, but you never know still. Uh, went off, talked to the weapon master. Chase actually handed over one of his weapons. I'm, I'm amazed by that. Uh, it's the new one. Yeah, I know, but still, you know. Uh, I, I, I never thought that he would let that gun out of his sight. It'll be interesting if he actually gets a silent weapon out of this. Um, I thought a real cool uh, twist might be if the gun starts firing bullets that cause silence instead. True. You know, like, it, it does its normal damage, plus has a three-round silence effect as well, so he can hit a mage and silence him for three rounds. Uh, but that's just you me. I, li- I like to twist everything. You think devious. What? I like that about you. It, it, it's, you know, uh, I, 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 I could be a crossroads demon. Make a deal with me and see what happens. Telling you, man. I think I know what weapon I want now. <laughs> oh yeah, what's that? Let, let's play this game. Oh, I'm just gonna call it hush, because <laughs> I'm stealing your idea. <laughs> oh, look, it's the magic user. Let me snipe him. But see, I would want to stock in a longer barrel. I want to take longer shots. Do it. Do it with the bow. Do arrows of silence. I don't know. More of a gunfighter. You're not a gunfighter. In this realm, only a Genasi well, know how to use guns. I've actually never been a gunfighter. Yeah, I know. Uh, in, in another game, you're going to have to play a gunslinger with uh, silent, silence bullets. Um, See, I, I've actually always wanted to be like a character that's pulled out of another time. Uh-huh. And the one I was thinking of was like a U.S. cavalry officer that was in the Southwest and part of the Camel Regiment. Oh, that would be cool. So, you know, it's a cavalry officer, you know, with, you know, they're, they're not overly powerful guns, but he's riding a camel. <laughs> I'm telling you. A camel in D&D world, it would just be weird. Everybody would be looking at you going, what's that funny guy riding that funny animal? Funny monster, actually. Right. Not my, not animal. <laughs> Everybody would be trying to kill your mount. Man, it better leave Lady Lumps alone because she's got the humpy hump. Got that lumps, that humpy lumps. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I actually, uh, in, in one of my hero, uh, my champions games, actually, uh, I played like a Judge Dread based type character, except for instead of being oh. like, uh, like the city police, I was playing like a military guy with, but with that type of gun. A gun that could switch what type of weapon firing I could do. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what I was actually thinking of when I was thinking of the silent bullets. You know, you could fire a silent bullet. You can fire, you know, an impact type bullet. Uh, do like a, a net bullet. You know, um, the only bullet is explosive, or or like the fifth element gun. Yeah, I negotiated. <laughs> 
He didn't ask what that red button was, though. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. Oh, I know. Same here. <laughs> yeah, we still know everything about it. Uh, well, I mean, I probably watched it a hundred times in college, so. I've probably seen it about 20 times. Me and my roommate used to watch it when we would code. Yeah. I'm telling you, um, Lovecraft Country is real good. You know, I haven't seen that yet. I, it's on my list. I'm thinking uh, I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so I'm going to watch it while I'm on vacation. Oh, well, did, well, you're watching that. Watch Perry Mason, too. That was real good. Yeah, my parents have been telling me to watch that as well. Uh, I just haven't had time to sit, sit down and watch a lot of stuff lately. So, See, I, I like Perry Mason because it was based on the books, not the TV series. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to watch the TV series back when I was a kid. Well, that's why I was, like, hesitant to watch it because, but then I was, like, watching it, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with Perry Mason. Oh, no, I, I, I've heard it's dark and gritty and, you know, totally going to um, be my type of show. Yeah, one of my friends at work read the book, and she's like, oh, no, that's how the book is. That's how the book is. I'm like, oh, well, the fucking books are amazing. I didn't even know that there were original books. I just thought it was, you know, some old uh, 80s, what is it, like a daytime TV show, like sitcom, whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm bad with yeah, uh, yeah. terms. No, it, it's really good. Well, it's funny. Me and Michelle watched that, and we watched uh, Penny Dreadful City of Angels, and it's they're both basically sh- – set in the exact same time in Los Angeles. Oh. And it was just really cool to watch that time. I, I love, like, the late 30s. Penny Dreadful City of Angels is worth a watch, too. Okay. Sounds good. Started a little slow, but finished strong. Well, sounds good. I, three shows that I, I definitely have to add to my list, and I think I have both those channels, because Penny Dreadful is on Showtime. So, so before I go... Yeah. And any conspiracy theories that you have? Because I, I've laid out all of mine, I think. Well, it wouldn't be fair for me to lay out conspiracy theories. I'm oh, no, part of the story. No, that nothing that you crazy. actually know. Nothing that you actually know. I, I want something far-fetched. Some, something that you haven't seen yet. Well, we, we discussed it earlier. I am slightly suspicious of the royal couple. Okay, so so that that's the one that you really think the royal couple back in uh, Grimsby is it? Yes. Okay. Not so, so so much the king, but the queen I am suspicious of. So so when you get back there, Lil's going to do some real snooping for me, right? No. Oh come on! Look, not my you know. But, but you're suspicious. Uh, I got a good thing going in Grimsby. She can be evil. I don't care. You know what? I'm all right with that. Uh, I'm I'm perfectly all right with that. Actually, you know, uh, uh, embrace the evil, love the evil, make sweet sweet love to the evil, and uh, you know, it's good to be the king. I'm, I am just a proponent of it is better to be the right hand of the devil than under his boot. That is a good point. That is a good point. Okay, well, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. And I'm so glad that I got to lay out all my conspiracies to get your opinion on the ball. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This is 
always a pleasure to talk to you, Gary. <laughs> Thanks, man. I miss you guys so much. I can't wait until I make uh, back down to Florida too. and get to see you. We'll have to do some type of barbecue or something like that. Hey, thanks for listening to Out of Character. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you listen to. And if you'd like to be part of the show and ask a question, uh, you can do so on Twitter uh, using the hashtag NSFWOOC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later.